The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in, wherever you may be, and however you may following along. We appreciate you tuning in and joining us, being part of the show, and it's always fun to have your participation as we go along. 435-339-0321, if you want to uh, weigh in. Um... And, uh, in fact, Ajay, we had an early uh, submission about an hour ago before the show even – actually, it's almost two hours ago. Of what? Uh, an early text. Oh. Coming through. Is it 9315? No. Oh? No. It's from uh, 6804. Okay. To get in on your comment about Chipotle and Sprite. Oh, no. A spicy Italian at Subway with sweet onion sauce and a Dr. Pepper. Not a good combination for me <laughs> at all. Especially when you run into a white a light pole. Dude, I walked, I mean, I hit that thing flush, too. Like, if I was wearing snitch gear, it would have been very painful. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Been extremely painful. Uh, Big news today, the NBA announcing the second half of the season. Utah Jazz schedule is now released. After the All-Star break, they pick up again on March 12th, hosting Houston. Head out on a long road trip. Uh, Come back for... Uh, four-game set, and then uh, things continue on, and then they finish out the regular season on Sunday, May 16th. Um, but, uh, Ajay, looking at uh, some of these details of the Jazz schedule, um, there's some things that really jump out to me, and I know there's some that have jumped out to you as well. We'll get into more about the Utah Jazz next hour when Dan Clayton joins us, a friend of the program, great contributor to Salt City Hoops. Yeah, really good. He does a great job. Uh, breaking down what's going on with the Utah Jazz. But um, one of the big things that jumps out to me here, RJ, as I'm looking at this schedule, the Jazz play a lot of teams that are at or below 500 in their current win-loss record. So can I ask you, uh, based on that, I would assume, I'll, what is where do they rank in easy and strength of schedule and all that with that regard? Uh, I think they're like one of the the, the – the teams with the easiest, easiest schedule. schedule. But I also saw they travel a ton, and I don't know where they rank in that regard too, but they're in the East a lot. And, I mean, Western Conference teams that are furthest away, they play them on the road as well. So my question to you, Eric, is would you rather be able to play really good teams and not travel as much or play a very soft schedule and have to travel? Um, I'd, yeah, the, the travel kind of stinks, but you have to do that every year. You always have to travel. Um, so I probably consider how they've, how well they've played in this first half of the season. Um, I just, my eyes get big, like saucers, like look at all these teams. They should be able to, to like destroy. They should be able to take care of these teams. That travel is an issue. Like, this uh this this road trip shortly after they returned from the All Star break, so they first they head west to face Golden State on a Sunday, 
Then they're in Boston on a Tuesday. That's just brutal. Washington, D.C. on a Thursday. They play Toronto on Friday, but Toronto's playing down in Tampa. So they're going to go fly down to Florida on a Friday. And then the next Monday, they're up to Chicago before they return home on on a Wednesday to take on the Nets. So they're like crisscrossing, zigzagging all over the place. Um. That that is really the the worst offender for for travel. It really isn't that bad after that. The only other big road trip that they have is a three game set. They have two three game sets. Uh, they go to the Lakers, but they're there in L.A. for two games on April seventeenth and nineteenth, and they travel to Houston on the twenty first. They come home to play Minnesota. Then they're back on the road for three more games. They're at Minnesota. Then they fly to Sacramento. Then they fly to Phoenix. But whenever they do these these road trips, um, they have time to come home. And with the exception of that uh, one set, like middle April, they play six of seven games on the road. So it's not particularly great. That home game can be kind of a trap game. Your first, Jerry Sloan always hated the first home game after a road trip. Yeah, he did, didn't he? I think if I never thought about that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't like the fact that they they do travel as much as they do. I, I I think there's a stretch, Eric, in that. I think it's in the middle of March. If you can help me here, middle of March, I believe they play like five games in nine days. It's part of that you said the Golden State to Boston stretch. I mean that's that's it's gonna be tough. But then the teams they get that are really good are at home. Like, like they get the Nets at home, I believe, right? Yep. In March. Yep. That's going to be great. Um, they do have to go to Phoenix and play Chris Paul and Devin Booker. That's the Western Conference. That's how it works. Um, they have a couple of back-to-backs where they got Damian Lillard um, at home for one of those. And they got the Los Angeles Lakers twice. And that's inside of Staples Center, man. So teams that they play twice, it, like, yeah. Sometimes it's a when I say back to back, it doesn't necessarily mean one night and then the next night, but they play the same team in you no know, twice in a row. Um, they have the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Actually, that is a literal back to back. They on Friday, March twenty sixth, Saturday, March twenty seventh. Both those games are in in Salt Lake City. Um, they play the Lakers in Los Angeles. There is a day between. April 17th and then April 19th. Um, a quirky one where they play Minnesota in Salt Lake on April 24th, but in Minnesota on April 26th. They've got a back-to-back um, series with San Antonio, um, May 3rd and May 5th. And uh, that's that's it, as far as I can see. The other thing that really bothered me, Eric, is that they have one scheduled appearance on TNT. Um, I think they have, what, is it eight games on national television, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Um, The best team in the league has one game on TNT, while the Lakers and the the Clippers got one. I don't even know. Dude, I'm going to have to count your two, three, four, five, six, seven... 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 games on national television. Lakers have 14. Pelicans have 9. No, 10. 
And see that you wonder why why Zion Williamson got named to an All Star game even though it doesn't deserve to be because people he get brings to see ratings. Him on national television. He brings ratings. It's so frustrating. Utah will be on NBA TV five times, ESPN five times, TNT once, and that's early. That's March sixteenth. Yeah. Hey, uh, 5374 texted in earlier. We apologize. I missed your text there. 5374 says, Strength of schedule isn't a big detriment for the Jazz when they are beating everyone by 10-plus points above or under 500. That's a great point. Like, strength of schedule doesn't matter when you're just walloping them left and right. Uh, you know, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, looking at some some stats here. Finally found it. The, the team with the most difficult... Stretch in the second half, uh, that's the Orlando Magic, followed by the Rockets, Grizzlies, Lakers, Blazers, and Clippers. The teams with the easiest back half of the schedule, Jazz have the easiest, followed by the Pistons, Nuggets, Hawks, Celtics, and Heat. So there you go. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and I think with that, I it's an easier schedule, but there's also a very big opening for a letdown too. Well, look, consider what Utah Jazz like. They um, in in Western Conference teams, you only play them three times. Mm-hmm. Two of the three games against the Clippers were in Los Angeles. Two of the three games against the Lakers will be in Los Angeles. Two of the three games against the Suns will be in Phoenix. So, I, I, I don't know that we need to be like really waving a celebratory flag that it's really that easy of a schedule for the Utah Jazz here. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, but again, nine days off from March 3rd to March 12th. Their next two games are Lakers in L.A. for uh, April 17th and 19th, 26 through the 13th, 12 games. Only two of those are against teams currently above 500. Uh, that stretch becomes 14 of 19 games against teams below 500. Uh, eight of sets of back-to-backs, three from the 3rd to the 7th of April. There's a stretch of Dallas, Phoenix, Portland. That will be really key for the Jazz to at least maintain a top three standing. And then the April road trip, it you know again as we talked about, it goes from Golden State to Boston to Washington D.C. to Florida to Chicago, just bonkers. And then only three single home games, home stands of one, four, two, five, one, five, and one. It's going to help with your rest, right? And that, by the way, that's all according to David Locke. Um, that's uh, yeah, that that's pretty good. When you have nice home stands, again, uh, four game home stand, two game home stand, five, and another five. All with other, you know, singular home games. That's that's all right. Yeah, certainly the Jazz are the way things are working out. That they're setting up. It's a favorable uh, position for them to be in. There are certainly definitely some challenges here with teams that they still have to face. Uh, there is some crazy travel there in that mid March for them. Um, but gosh, the way this team is playing right now, it's. Pretty exciting to see what they're able to do. But the question is, can they maintain it? Yeah. And another thing, if I may point out for, for David Locke, um, he said it says this season, NBA teams are playing their own conference teams three times each. 
14 times 3 equals 42, and then the other conference twice each. 15 times 2 is 30. That adds up to 72 games for each team, um, which is really, really important because the Jazz are done with the Clippers, and they've won that series two games to one. If they can win tonight, that is a huge direction in the, in the right way or a huge right step in the right direction for the, for the Utah Jazz if they can beat the Lakers tonight to give them some momentum when they have to go play the Lakers twice in the Staples Center because you only need one after that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, a little more context about the schedule. Yes. So we're talking about how the second half looks pretty favorable for Utah. How has this first half been? They have the sixth hardest schedule to this point. Other top teams in the Western Conference, the Lakers have had the 28th. The Clippers, the 24th. Oh, about to flip-flop, huh? Portland, the 25th. Phoenix, the 15th. Okay, now do you have the second half of what it looks like coming up for those teams at all? Uh, Well, their strength. Yeah. Like the Lakers have the the fourth hardest. Yeah, there we go. Clippers have the sixth most difficult schedule. Mm. So, could be opportunity for some real separation. Do you think the Jazz can win in the Staples Center? They've struggled there for quite some time. Do you think they can win inside that place? And Anthony Davis will probably be back by then, too, by the way. Without fans, I don't know. It's it's yeah, weird. It's a it's different point. place. It's a good point. Well, I say Anthony Davis could be back, but I was listening to Dan Patrick on the station this morning when I was driving around, and he brought up a great point. Do you maybe sit Anthony until the playoffs? Like, it's an Achilles, and you have to be... I mean, do you remember when they rushed Kevin Durant back for the NBA Finals, and then he got injured, or he ruptured it, or whatever, tore it, I think is the word? Yeah. Um, You have to be so careful with that. If you're the Lakers, do you send him out to the playoffs and just understand and know that LeBron James can get you to the playoffs alone? Or do you bring him back? I think Los how Angeles... How soon do you bring him back? Based on how they're treating him right now, I think they're trying to be really cautious. As they should. Because they, they want him in a Lakers jersey a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And as they should. No doubt. I uh, I would l- I don't know. I, I, at first, I thought it was kind of crazy that Dan Patrick would, would would say that. But then, as he went on, he said, "Look, it's a it's an Achilles, and if if you bring him back too soon and he ruptures this thing, he's done for not only this year but next year as well, most likely. Um, you can't in any way want you, do you want to risk that, especially for how much money they're paying him. Right, you don't want to risk your." Your investment in Anthony Davis. Yeah. He's a special player, good talent. You don't want a Kevin Durant situation on your hands, a DeMarcus Cousins situation on your hands. Yeah. Do you, and the other question I want to ask you, you know, Mike Conley obviously doesn't make the All-Star Reserves list yesterday, but Anthony Davis will be out for the All-Star game. Do you have any more or less confidence that Mike Conley will make the All-Star team, or do you think it goes to Devin Booker? Uh, I think the momentum is uh, is moving towards Devin Booker. Yeah, me too. Uh, who should have gotten in from Phoenix? Yeah, I, I, Chris Paul or Devin Booker? Who was more deserving to be an All-Star? Chris Paul. Why? Because Chris Paul wasn't on their team last year, and they were like the eighth. They didn't even make the playoff bubble. 
Chris Paul shows up, and they're the fourth best team in the dang conference. They did not lose in the bubble, and everybody was just aghast at what sure. that team. It was the great improvements they were. They making. went eight and zero, and that's nice, but they didn't make the playoffs. But Chris Paul, Chris Paul comes in, and now they're the fourth best team in the conference. That's incredible. That is amazing. I'm I'm taking Chris Paul the whole is way through. Is that Chris Paul or just more development and maturity from Devin Booker? No, that's Becoming Chris a more Paul. Round, round, oh, I'm giving player. a lot of credit to Chris Paul. Like if we're gonna do a percentage of credit, I'm gonna go eighty twenty. I just think Chris look, Chris Paul took a Thunder team and got them to the playoffs, right? Yes. Yes. Chris Paul took a Thunder team full of rookies and got them to the playoffs. Okay, so is that why he's a, an all-star this year? It's because of the effect he has on what the team's doing this year. The impact he has. Oh, look, look if, if we're going to... Zion doesn't belong in there. The only reason Zion's in there is because of his name. That is the only reason why Zion Williamson is in the all-star game. He does not belong, nor should he be there. And it's kind of a joke. If you want to take Booker, yes. Paul, yes. McConley's the other one. Like the point guard for the number one team in the NBA, he's not even going to go to the All-Star game. He's getting left out. If it was the Warriors again, and, and look, the Nets are up there. They got Kyrie, Harden, Durant. Now two of them are starters. But we can't, I uh, Yeah. I think it's just a lot of hatred towards Utah and, and, and this team. Every year it happens. I don't know if it's hatred. I it, just think it's ignorance. I'm going to go both then. Laziness. Yeah, and okay, I'll go all three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate, and I feel bad. Uh, speaking of which, Donovan Mitchell in the All-Star game, he'll be playing in the three-point contest. He's going to take part in that. I think that's pretty cool. Have they f- announced the full list of participants? No, but he announced today that he's going to be in the three-point shooting contest. I guess he was trying to get Joe Ingles and yeah. others from the Utah Jazz Joe wants nothing to do with that. Joe would rather be home hanging out with his family. He would rather not even touch that stuff. With Donovan Mitchell, I think he is the fifth best three-point shooter on the Jazz he's not team. Even, he's not even going to get out of the first round. Yeah, he's not getting out of the first round. No way. He's not that good of a shooter. He is, his catch and shoot has improved dramatically this year. Great, but now you got to pick a ball up off the rack and shoot it. He ain't gonna handle it well. He'll get he'll he'll be knocked out in the first round. I love DM, but that ain't happening. Uh, Andy Bailey went through and sorted NBA players with at least 250 minutes of play. Okay. Uh, this was as of February 24th. So it was as of earlier today. And did an average of their ranks in like several different categories to really determine like who are the best players right now, looking at multiple categories and judging them against each other. Nikola Jokic was number one. Giannis Antetokounmpo is number two, tied with Joel Embiid. Steph Curry was fourth. LeBron is fifth. So that gives you your top five. The uh, Rudy Gobert, he is the highest in the Jazz uniform, coming in at number eleven. Mike Connolly comes in at number 17. Donovan Mitchell is down at 25. You know who's not in the top 30? Who? Zion Williamson. Yeah. Yeah, I just... 
I don't get it. Because the reserves are voted on by coaches, right? League coaches? Correct. Our coaches are stupid. Chris Paul, by the way, he's number 21. Uh, Devin Booker is not in the top 30. There you go. 9463. Uh, it's just silly that all the NBA lights up Twitter that Devin Booker got snubbed. But they never say who's the spot, whose spot he should take. Even Chris Paul was upset about Booker getting snubbed. Chris is the one taking Devin's spot. It just speaks more to how good you have to be to make the All-Star game. You have to be the very best, not just great. Well, Chris Paul isn't the very best then. And I can sure as heck tell you that Zion Williamson is not even close to being the very best. Chris Paul is very good. As we just said, he's in, what was he, number 21? Yeah. Uh, Devin Booker was not on that list of top 30. Zion Williamson was not. But you're right. I mean, they announced these, the starters and they, they announced the reserves, and everybody's coming out like, oh, look at this guy who got snubbed. DeMontis Sabonis got snubbed. Devin Booker got snubbed. Yeah. And you can make a really big list of guys who got left out. And I think that that's it's frustrating because some guys get left out, but it all also illustrates what 9463 just says. You have to be really good at, a, at several different things, not just a high scorer. Okay, but then here's the thing, though. Julius Randle is not. I don't think Julius Randle's the very best at playing defense, scoring the ball consistently. Jalen Brown. I, I definitely, the New York Knicks are suddenly. Oh, geez. Here we go again. Are suddenly w- worth something. Oh, my gosh. Here we go again. Jalen Brown. The New York Knicks are the number seven team in the East. Oh, that's wonderful. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. What's the Pelicans? Pelicans. They're 11th in the West. Cool. So I guess it doesn't matter about your standing position as a team in the standings then, huh? <laughs> True. I mean, I mean uh, winning it, should it, stand it, for something. It should, yeah. No, and I agree. I absolutely agree with what you said, and you said that yesterday, and I'm all for it as well. Um, who do you think has the biggest gripe? Out of uh, both West and East combined, who has the biggest gripe about not being in the All-Star game? I got a feeling we're going to agree. DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah, it's, it, I was about... Because at first, I wasn't sure. So then I did some studying, and you look at his per, like his percentile, not only just on the team, but in the Eastern Conference, he is one of the very best. And he has done it consistently through the first half of the season. I absolutely agree with you on that one. Uh, when do but, we know... The, I guess somebody has to declare officially that they will not be available for the All-Star game before yeah. Adam Silver can name a replacement. And I, Anthony Davis has not said he will not be there. Yeah, but Not officially. He, no, but the Lakers have been pretty clear that they're going to keep him out. That they're not going to let him play in the All-Star game. They're going to take... Well, you're not going to let a guy with a, with an Achilles issue go into an All-Star game and play. That would be absolutely stupid on the Lakers' part. Incredibly selfish, dumb, and arrogant. Um, and from what I've read, uh, the Lakers will not have Anthony Davis in the All-Star game. He'll be uh, honored um, you know, and recognized, but they will not have him play. So, uh, By the way, before we move off this topic, uh, this is courtesy of Stathead. Okay. Mike Connolly is one of five players in NBA history with at least 12,000 points, 4,000 assists, 
1,200 steals, and zero all-star selections. The others are Derek Harper, Jason Terry, Rod Strickland, and Andre Miller. Hmm. Andre Miller was never in the All-Star game, huh? That surprises me. Because I thought he was there in 07, but I guess he wasn't when he was with the Nuggets. They had that loaded Nuggets team. Holy cow, they were good. Uh, three, four, two, six. That's why players want to play in big cities. More media exposure. But then why do they hate the media so much? I've always wondered that. Like, 3426 is absolutely right. They like the big cities because there's more media exposure. But then when they go, um, or more media, more exposure. Excuse me, I read that wrong. Um, but then, like, you know, the media is, is talking to them and they just, they hate it. And it's like, well, wait, dude, you knew you were coming here for this. Get over it. Like, Gordon Hayward. Like, Gordon Hayward in, like, in a press conference in 2010 was a delight. Gordon Hayward in 2016 in a press conference was a punk. And it wasn't even that big of a city. <laughs> and the media was actually really good to him, despite how bad he sucked for half the time. All right, we're going to call a timeout here in the Full Court Press. Uh, more about the Utah Jazz release, about the second half of the schedule. Uh, it's now out. You can read about it on CashValleyDaily.com. It's a What Went Wrong Wednesday, if you want to chime in. And what went wrong? Hey, did you bring our uh, items? The past week, I did bring our items. You are going to love this radio bit that we got coming up, folks. <laughs> uh, It'll be we'll screaming, wailing, and gnashing of find teeth. Find together. I, I'm, I forgot to get some other things to prepare for it. Yeah, you forgot my pick six gift from three weeks ago, too. Oh, it's coming. That was three It'll weeks ago. <laughs> uh uh, we had some games in Region 11 in the uh, 4A basketball playoffs last night. We got some girls' games going on tonight. We'll update you on who's playing where. Uh, and with District uh, 2 and District, uh, excuse me, in, in District 5, in both the 2A and in 4A in Idaho, there were some games last night. So we know who Preston and Westside will be facing on Thursday. So we'll update you on all of that coming up next. On the full court press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T ball team. It's the full court press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Uh, Kyle Goon, who used to cover the Aggies. Yeah, he used to be a big when. Aggie fan. Now he hates us. <laughs> he wrote for the Salt Lake Tribune, got uh, shifted down to cover the Utes. Yep. Uh, Did a great job. He was so good. That's good work. And now he's in uh, the Los Angeles area, and he covers the Los Angeles Lakers. I guess his latest... Story coming to the, the, the showdown tonight in Salt Lake City between the Jazz and the Lakers. Montrez Harold, Jordan Clarkson have a sizzling battle for sixth man of the year. Um, I don't know that how much of a battle it is. Certainly, we're looking at it through uh, jazz-colored glasses, but... All he had to do is look at what Jordan Clarkson's. Yeah, I think he's the guy. I don't right think now. this is a question. I don't think it's a battle right now. Kyle Goon's got to do what he got to do because he's right for the Lakers, so he's got to make it look good. I get it. Got to make a case for your guy. Yeah. 
Don't want Montrez Harrell not having interviews with you anymore. But no, it's it's not a battle right now. Not a battle. So um, the second half of the se- of the uh, season is released for the Utah Jazz for all NBA teams. It's finally out. The Jazz will pick things up again on Friday, March twelfth, after the All Star break. Uh, they are at home. They open up against Houston, and then they head out on a brutal road trip. They first head west before they head east. They go north, then they go south, and then they go north again. They are all over the place before they come back home for a a four-game homestand at the end of the month. Um, But um, uh, trips to Golden State twice, trips to the Lakers twice, trips to the uh, Phoenix Suns twice. Um, So there's... There's a handful of uh, games in here, Haji, that, that people are talking about how this is uh, the easiest schedule in the NBA when you consider strength of schedule, but there, there are plenty of difficulties here for the Jazz that they'll yeah. have to try to overcome. Yeah, it's tough. That road trip is going to be one of those. And if you can come out of the road trip, um, you know, on, on the right side of it with a winning record, they'll be all right because the Lakers got to play a really tough schedule themselves. So it would, it would all even out. Yes, true. Um, so home teams, home games for the Jazz, uh, Houston, Brooklyn, Memphis twice, Cleveland, Chicago, Orlando, Portland, Sacramento, Washington, Oklahoma City, Indiana, Minnesota, Toronto, San Antonio back-to-back, Denver, Houston, and Portland. And uh, the Jazz close out the season uh, on the road at Oklahoma City on May 14th and at Sacramento on May 16th. Uh, as you know, Jazz games will be here on the fan. The only thing that might interrupt a, a Jazz game is a uh, Skyview basketball game. But we're nearing the end of those Skyview games. Um, but uh, we also are doing um, the NCAA March Madness tournament here on the fan. There may be a few things that, that conflict a little bit here and there, but we're going to try to make sure we get uh, as many Jazz games in as we possibly can here on the fan. And then the uh, the playoffs, yeah, the mid, uh, mid-May. Jazz is certainly in a good position right now, but still a lot of work to do. We'll find out more about the Jazz and the Lakers and what's going on uh, with where they are right now and what's ahead of them when we talk to uh, Dan Clayton next hour. He's with Salt City Hoops. Always great insight from Dan. Uh, Ajay, some news from the Mountain West earlier today. Um, there's some games that aren't going to happen, it looks like. Yeah, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting. Steve Alford today had his media press conference, and he was talking about, um, he was talking about just, they haven't played a game in three weeks. Like, they haven't, I mean, there was a week off of that COVID. They've been dealing with COVID issues a lot. And so they were excited to finally get back and play basketball. They weren't thrilled about having to do it in Logan against Utah State. But they're excited to be able to get games back. And then San Jose State pulls the plug and said they have COVID issues and they can't play. Yeah, Mountain West announcing earlier today that because of COVID issues, because there are positive cases within the men's basketball program, there are two-game series between San Jose State and Wyoming scheduled for tomorrow and Saturday has been canceled. The Nevada at San Jose game scheduled for Wednesday, March 3rd one of those makeup games has also been canceled. Uh, they won't be rescheduled. 
Let it just be declared no contest. So does Nevada try to find a different opponent next week? Because there's yeah, some they teams who only have one game. No, they in fact, they want one. to. Steve Alford will be very, very set on getting another game or two. Because Air Force won't play anybody. Yeah. Actually, I, I don't know if you try to reschedule that. I, they're going to try and get somebody because uh, Alford was talking about it like at just at length today that they need an opponent. Um, and so... I would imagine they're they're going to go after somebody, and they got time to look now, which is good. Uh, so, has Nevada already played Air Force? Or do those? I, I yeah, don't know. they did earlier in the year. That's how they opened conference play, actually. So they probably wouldn't want to schedule Air Force again. Although they lost to Air Force, sixty-eight to sixty-six. Yeah, they've been up and down. Yeah, they've been up and down. So we'll see. I don't know. It kind of depends which Nevada team shows up. The one that uh, played great with Boise or the one that struggled with Air Force. And they lost their two-game series against Wyoming. Too. They did, yep. And Nevada's five conference losses, twice to Wyoming, twice to San Diego State, and uh, once to Air Force. But their games against San Diego State were close. I mean, they were down to a possession, 65-60 and 69-67. Still can't believe they lost those games, though. They're a young team, and we'll get into a lot of that tomorrow with Chris Murray. But, uh, yeah, they could be a wild card, and they'll be kind of a sleeper in that Mount West Conference tournament, too. I think they'll get at least one upset out of there. Uh, yeah, their, their last game was when they beat Boise. <clears throat> uh, they had two-game series against San Jose State postponed and their two-game series against Colorado State postponed. Yeah. Um, so they are coming into uh, now. They, they do play the Aggies till later this week. They do get Colorado State for one of those games next week. That's uh, true. So yeah. they, I think Friday. So you really just—I mean, if you can get one more game in, that'll be great. Yeah, I don't NVA those and uh, Mountain West Conference people trying to figure tough. out how to make these games yep, happen. It's tough, but you knew what you were getting yourself into when you decided to have a basketball season. I mean, it's mostly worked. They've mostly been able to figure it out. Just it hasn't been easy. Um, it, they should be playing. Look, it's it. You can do it. It's just, you can make it safe. And when somebody's out, um, you work around it. Absolutely. I have to shut the whole thing down. So they've mostly been able to get through it. Okay. There's hiccups. There's been hiccups for almost every team, but it, it happens. You deal with it, then you move on. Oh, anyway, my soapbox. I'll get off of it. <laughs> um, in the Mountain West tonight. Um, let's see. Are there any games tonight? I can't remember if there are games actually tonight or if there are more tomorrow. There's more tomorrow, wasn't it? Uh, strangely, there's a game going on right now. Oh, is that Air Force in New Mexico? Air Force and New Mexico. Air Force leads it 29-19, to just under four minutes to go in the first half. And then later on tonight, 9 o'clock on FS1, it's Fresno State at UNLV. I know that New Mexico will want to be in the Mountain West Conference Tournament just because they want to be there. But them and San Jose State shouldn't go. 
I just, there's no point. I mean, San Jose State's dealing with COVID issues, so they're not even playing next week. They're a really bad basketball team without their best player in Seneca Knight. Uh, New Mexico's had has, has had guys opt out. Um, they're dealing with issues internally as well. Um, I'm not even sure Paul Weir is going to make it through to the next season after this year. Um, those two teams just need to sit it out and uh, wait for next year. There's no point sending them to Vegas. And if they have COVID issues again, when they get to Mount West Conference Tournament, that's going to throw a huge wrench into things. Well, San Jose should be through all any kind of uh, COVID protocols by the time the Mountain West Conference comes Yeah, up. but still. I mean, if they're having COVID issues now, I mean, who's to say they're not going to have issues next week? Or, well, I mean, because it was detected now, and then because they take the necessary steps and precautions to take care of things by the Mountain West tournament, which is later okay, in the week, fine. they should be cleared. Okay, fine. Look, I'll just okay. Look, I'll, I'll say it. Nevada, New Mexico, and San Jose State being the Mountain West Conference is a waste of time. It's an absolute waste of time. They're not going to compete. They're not even going to be in the game. They're going to get blown out in round number one. Um. Just, I mean, and, and just to keep everybody safe so we can have, you know, we can all be, you know, COVID-19 clean. Just keep them home. Send them home, and let's have the nine best teams go. Uh, it's seven versus ten, eight versus nine. Is that right? Yes. So do you just give Fresno State and Wyoming um, the pass to the next round? Yeah. But you still make UNLV and Air Force play? Sure. Look, it's, I mean, it's just, it's a year where things are unfair. You're going to say, well, it's unfair. Well, that's just, that's how the whole year's been. That is how the whole year's been. It's just. Or do you make Fresno State and Wyoming play each other? I mean, I guess you could. I don't know. It probably throws but off then, how yeah, the bracket Yeah, but then, yeah, that, that throws off the top bracket by a ways, too. I don't know. It's. <laughs> It's just wasting our time to have them there at the tournament to go go get beat by twenty, which they will. And if they make it to the next round, then it's a buy for the top, one of the top two teams. They should go because then it's a tune up for the for whomever faces them. That's true. It's a good point. All right, we've got to call timeout here in the full court press. When we come back, it's a what went wrong Wednesday, and we're gonna it's a special edition. We're gonna. We are going to get what, what, saucy. What, why did we d- agree to do this next thing that we're going to do? I don't think we really agreed. I think it was you just telling me. That'll be next here on the Full Court Press. Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Well... So much for the speculation, Ajay. It's now official. Anthony Davis will not participate in the All-Star Weekend. And Commissioner Adam Silver has named his replacement. No, no, he didn't. LeBron James named his replacement. <laughs> LeBron James is the coach of, the, of, of this team, and he's the commissioner of the NBA. And if LeBron wants something, he gets it. Well, according to the official NBA release, <laughs> LeBron James let Shams know. <laughs> it says 
that uh, Phoenix Suns guard Devin Booker has been named by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver to replace injured Los Angeles Lakers forward Anthony Davis. Look, I appreciate um, somebody was doing the comparisons. I, I retweeted this. Mike Connolly and Devin Booker. Team win win percentage, what each player means, like comparing each player to each to the other one, and what their impact is on the game of the in the NBA. Team win per, uh, team win percentage. Mike Connolly's first. Devin Booker is fourth. Win shares. Connolly thirty first. Booker eighty first. Win shares per forty eight minutes. Mike Connolly fifteenth. Devin Booker one hundred and second. Net rating. Mike Connolly is first. Booker is 90th. Real plus minus, 7th compared to 97th. Box plus minus, 27th compared to 103rd. There's a a lot of different things here that uh, really in every single category that they're looking at, except for for perhaps uh, points per game, uh, Devin Booker is behind Mike Connolly in his individual impact on the game. Yeah, look, and the other, and and the other thing is that Devin well, we Booker was going to happen. Well, well, yeah, I guess it's that's true. I just like Devin Booker is going to get a lot of All Star games ahead of him in his future. A lot. Mike Conley, this might be his best and last shot. Honestly, it might be. And if he can't get in this year with his team, the number with his team being the number one team in the league right now. And the way they're playing, and he can't get into the All-Star game, I hate to say it, but he's never getting in. Ever. Never. Two things about the All-Star game, and then we can move on. Okay. NBA rosters are larger than what the All-Star roster is. Why doesn't the All-Star roster reflect what a current team roster can look like, size-wise? That's one thing. The other thing is, if we're not doing Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, when the the substitute players are named, why aren't they just the, the best players, the next best players that the coaches name? Yeah, I'm with you. So what if it's like 12 guys from the, the West and only a handful of guys from the East, or vice versa? Just pick the best, the next best deserving guys that should be All-Stars. Yeah, if we if it's not an East versus West thing anymore, then what do we? What does it matter? I mean, we still do East versus West for starters, but I don't know. I am not the man with the answers. Um, Aj, here's the thing. You know what? I hope Snyder benches Booker the whole entire All Star game. Doesn't even let him play. Hey, you know what? You're not worth it. Watch this. You're not even going to freaking play in the game. Uh, several texts we need to get to. 2787. I don't even care anymore. NBA is a bunch of overpaid drama queens. Especially Devin Booker. <laughs> 9315. What went wrong? Was somebody speaking into happening USU having to, to, to lose in the ugly town of Blue Turf? Hey, I said a split, not a sweep. Still, you spoke about losses. Oh, no, okay. It doesn't. And it happened. I was specific. I was specific. Your powers that be My were confused. My powers that be. <laughs> no. We weren't confused because I told him specifically split. 
9463. I think the biggest problem is that there's no correlation between who gets in and why they got in. There's no rubric. It's a joke. Some people get in because they score 30 a game, Harden and Steph. Then some don't get in if they score 30, Trey Young. But then we say, oh, Trey Young didn't get in because his team isn't good. But then Zion and Jalen Brown get in even though their teams are trash. There's no rubric for how to get in. And in the words of Boogie Cousins, it's getting ridiculous. Well, Devin Booker sucks at basketball, and he got in, so anybody can get in. <laughs> he does not suck at basketball. He does, too. He's not even that good. Are you like everybody, you know, you play nice with everybody, like everybody's a winner, everybody's good to you? No. Because you think Devin Booker's good? He is good. You think Zach Levine's one of the greatest players in the Eastern Conference? He is. Oh, my God. He's doing things you think that Julius people Randall haven't done in a should be Chicago in the MVP. uniform since Michael Jordan was in. You think Julius Randle should be in the MVP conversation probably because he's got the Knicks in seventh place in the Eastern Conference? I didn't say that. You pretty much alluded to it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, for once, I just want to hear you say, you know what, that guy really does not belong in a basketball court and he probably shouldn't be in an all-star game. Devin Booker would be that guy. You don't think Devin Booker belongs in a basketball court? I think he's overrated. I think he's overrated. He couldn't even... Chris Paul comes in and has him in the playoffs right now. Devin Booker couldn't do that by himself. He soiled himself last year in that regard. Really? Yeah. They didn't make the playoffs. He had his team looking pretty sharp in the in the bubble. Cool. That's cool. He went on an eight-game winning streak? Wow. Hey. <laughs> Good one. Rather take a potato pillar to the Wachobies than have Devin Booker on the All-Star team right now. It would definitely be a what went wrong Wednesday moment. (laughs) (laughs) 3426, when did they start handing out... Yeah, Eric, when did they start handing out participation trophies to All-Stars? Huh, Eric? Since you're a big participation guy, go ahead. Well, if, if it was about that, then why hasn't Mike Connolly received that Trophy before. Because they hate the Utah Jazz. Well, he was in a Memphis Grizzly uniform. He never got in. No, that's true. So they must just hate Mike Conley. Maybe like, because he's too nice. No, see, that's the see, I was about to okay, so I was about he's to say not the a same disruptor. thing. Like Draymond Green's considered an all star. He was. And he got like a NBA record in technicals in three years. Kevin Durant's a jerk. James Harden's a jerk. Uh Kyrie Irving is like He's the Tom Cruise of the NBA world. Everybody hates him because he has bad opinions and he's mean. Um, but you know what? Maybe it takes that to be an all-star. You got to be a jerk. Rudy Gobert, kind of a jerk. <laughs> he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Well, okay, I say that because when I was doing media day one time, I was helping out with media day, and it was Rudy Gobert's turn, but we were waiting, I think, for Joe Ingles to get done. Rudy Gobert thought it would be funny to stick his arm on top of my head as a rest and left it there. And someone forgot to tell him that his arm weighs more than my whole entire body. (laughs) And everyone thought it was comical. And I nearly got a concussion and nobody cared. You did not get a concussion. I was close. He's a large man. Yes, he is, Eric, and I'm a small man. 9463, Eric, I give you props for sitting on air for 10 hours a week. While Audrey releases all of his pain and anguish and pent up aggression out on you. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> what? what you, <laughs> why am I always getting bullied? I'm the victim here. Nine four six three. I am the victim. 
Uh, I, I, I might make IJ a little bit more of the victim. Coming up, it's going to be part of our What Went Wrong Wednesday. Stick around. It's more on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Piranhas, I am not salty. I've been a victim for the last two weeks of Eric's bullyingism. Bullyingism? Yes, correct. Bullyingism. I've been the victim of it, and I'm just I'm fed up with it. I'm fed up with being bullied by you. I I, and look, I, I gave you a nice big heart. And I, I get, even signed. I it get bullied by as a sign of my love. What and what and did, appreciation? What did the note say inside of it? <laughs> Go ahead, tell the world what the note said inside of it. I don't remember. One point seven. One out of seven point four billion people in the world think you're great. <laughs> <laughs> just just one. Just one. Just one. Uh, hey, by the way, real quickly, yeah. um, we had some high school basketball action last night. Uh, Bear River dismantled Ben Lomond, 56-36. to So they advance. They'll play at Dixie Friday night. That'll be on 104.9 The Ranch. Clint Payne will be providing the full play-by-play coverage over there. Uh, Mountain Crest went on the road last night to take on Cedar Valley. They faced Cedar Valley earlier in the year, um, but well, unfortunately the Mustangs just went cold in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter. Cedar Valley pulls away. Um, so uh, Cedar Valley wins 49 to 34. Mustang season is over. They finished their year two and 19. Uh, last night, Bear Lake beat Soda Springs 61 to 49. So that means Bear Lake will play West Side on Thursday. And then uh, Pocatello beat Century. So that means Preston will face, uh, if, I'm, if I remember that correctly, uh, Preston will face uh, Pocatello on Thursday. And we've got a busy night in girls basketball tonight in their first round of games. Uh, Bear River hosting Crimson Cliffs. Uh, Mountain Crest hosting Ogden in their uh, first round of the girls basketball games tonight. So be sure to check back on CashValleyDaily.com later tonight, early tomorrow, and we'll have the photo galleries and updates of those games. Stick around, more Jazz Talk coming up next hour. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Andre Salveson here on... um, what day is it? Wednesday. Uh, for some reason, for me, this has been a very screwy week. Like yesterday, I thought it was Wednesday. Screwy. Today, I was thinking it was Tuesday. It's just kind of backwards. But a lot of things to discuss. As you heard at the top of the hour, and if you were listening last hour, uh, we updated the news as soon as it came down that uh, Anthony Davis officially will not be participating in the All-Star Weekend festivities and uh, Commissioner Adam Silver has replaced Davis with Phoenix Suns' Devin Booker. So no Mike Connolly from the Utah Jazz as a replacement player, uh, which is really too bad. Yeah, the Jazz have two bl- two guys going, but it's not uncommon to have three players go. The Brooklyn Nets have three guys going. 
granted, they're superstars. Um, but uh, what the Jazz have been doing is unprecedented uh, and certainly on a pace that's, uh, that mirrors some great teams in the past. And when they had that kind of level of success, they had three guys uh, appear at the All-Star weekend. So it's really it's unfortunate that Mike Connolly has been left out because when you look at his play and his impact on the game and when he is there, he outperforms many of these other guys that were being in consideration. Yeah, and again, I don't think Zion Williamson should be on there. Uh, I mean, I think when when Chris Paul got put on and Devin Booker got left off, that's when Mike Conley was in trouble. Um, and uh, obviously the Zion Williamson pick didn't make matters any better. So, yeah, it is what it is. We'll just, uh, you know, Mike Conley have to get ready for the second half of the season. He gets a chance to get some rest and then, Got a tough road trip coming up here shortly, so that, that's all right. I don't know how else to sugarcoat it. With something sweeter. Like what? I don't know. Because apparently you're throwing too much salt. I am not throwing salt. Okay. Piranha says you're a little no, too salty No, don't all. Today. Listen to you try to take Piranha's advice now. Well, look at you. This is the Eric Frampton Show <laughs> here on the 1069 The Fan. And then you bully me like no other for no reason. Do you want to read the text that came in from 9315? No, I'm too busy right now watching greatest MLB postseason moments in, since 2010. Fine, I'll do it. You do it. 9315 texts in. What went wrong is Ajay not listening to Eric about Coach Smith not going anywhere. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? Season's not, uh, well, uh, hunting season's not over yet, is it? Nope. Just remember those key words, not listening to Eric. Oh. It's true. Not listening to you. I yeah. Mean, that's that, not good. That's, that's definitely the key to success What went here. wrong? AJ did not listen to Eric. I didn't. There was nothing to listen to you about. Hunting season's not over yet. Season's not even over for basketball. How it's do not, you know he's not going to get an incredibly good offer from an incredibly good school in a great area where he loves it and wants to be there and get paid millions of dollars? He won't. Oh, you're speaking things into existence, eh? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, what went wrong? Eric became Mr. Jinxy. Nope. I don't have that special ability just yet. Oh, but you Trying. will. Watch Trying. you. You will. Good for you. Even for <laughs> what was that even about? Come on, you know how this game works. There's an alarm. <laughs> Ajay's not listening. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna do that every time you're not listening when you should. <laughs> when you're not giving the proper credence, the proper what credence and respect to to logic and knowledge and wisdom. Hey, two seven eight seven. Yeah, Ajay's right. Maybe Coach Smith will end up in uh, in Boise. You ever think about that? You know? Being in Boise State? Okay, that's not going to happen. We don't want that to happen either. I want Craig Smith to be here. I love Coach Smith. His family is wonderful. Staff is remarkable. They're talented. Um, Would love to see Coach Smith here for the, the six years and beyond. And uh, uh, and right now, I, you know, he's got a great team. Well, he's, 
he's got a good team. And without Sam Merrill, and you see still what they're doing, I think that's what kind of stood out to other opposing coaches is that even without Sam Merrill, they're, they're still killing it. So um, just remarkable stuff. Uh, the uh, He's got the wrong number. 20 Beck says he's got the wrong number. Oh, I've got I've got Dan Clayton's number. I just went through the last time you gave me his number. Oh, I got Dan Clayton's number. I got here. a response. Um, no, he doesn't live here. Um. <laughs> so I guess I. Is no. that hold on? Is that the number you dialed? I like to squint with your glasses. <laughs> Go close to it because you can't see it. <laughs> nope. That's not the number. That's not the number. Oh, look who it is. Mr. I'm right, Eric Franson. <laughs> Do you have his number? Let me look. Hit oh, the you've al- said it to me before. Yes. Hit the alarm, baby. Mr. I'm right, <laughs> Eric Franson. Come on, baby. Send it to me. 801 What do <laughs> this this show has gone so off the rails today. Oh man, we all need to quit our jobs. <laughs> hey, I'm not being a Debbie Downer. Why do people keep to call me a Debbie Downer? I have been very positive. Craig Smith's gonna be here for a long time. I'm thrilled about it. Six year extension. 2787. Aja, you got to quit backpedaling. You keep saying he's leaving. Now you say he's great and you love him and he is staying. Which route are you taking, man? Okay. I'm sorry. Let me make it very clear. Craig Smith is staying and I love him. I do love him. I didn't ever say I hate him. I love him. I want him to stay. Where's the Why do you keep talking from? about him leaving then? Because there's always that possibility. Oh, Good heavens. And we always, you know, we're Seems too like happy I should here. have like a running clock. Like, oh, you know when you no, go to a construction, big construction site You're and they part say, of the problem. and they have like a flip card You're of days of the problem. since the last injury or significant <laughs> workplace <laughs> incident. Have a chalkboard. And I should just have a running, like every time I come in, no. did AJ not mention the possibility See, of Craig Smith and leaving? And, and just add another number. Sh- shut it. 5763, AJ, just don't make any more guarantees, please. I don't know. Guys, my guarantees are great. Uh, 9463, what went wrong? LaMelo Ball doing the too short to sign to Mike Conley. Then a few plays later, he gets swatted out of the solar system by Rudy. Don't that talk was, crap to Mike. <laughs> that, that, was, was that was great. That was fun. That was great. Hey, speaking of uh, Mike Conley, obviously he's not making the all-star team. Uh, Devin Booker is the fill-in for Anthony Davis. Um, heartbreaking for Mike Conley. But to help us break it down more, to uh, help us understand if we have a reason to be salty or not, is, of course, Dan Clayton of Salt City Hoops joining us here on the uh, Full Court Press. Dan, thanks for your time. Great to have you. How are you? Hey, we could always be salty. We're in Salt Lake City. Or, you know, <laughs> <or thereabouts. laughs> That's true. So it's, uh, it's good to be back, fellas. Um, hope you've been well. And, uh, yeah, exciting times for uh, Jazz fans. It, it is. But let's get with the depressing stuff first because, obviously, I've been nicknamed Debbie Downer today. So Mike Conley doesn't make the All-Star team. Devin Booker does replace him. <laughs> if there's one person who shouldn't have been on the All-Star team that Mike Conley should have replaced, it would be? You know, I, like, I think when you get down to that tier – so, like, let's start with this. There are probably, like, 15, 16 guys who are, quote-unquote, worthy of All-Star selections, right? So there's just not enough spots. And someone worthy is going to get left off. So all the guys who were chosen 
originally are worthy. Devin Booker is worthy. Mike Conley is worthy. When you get down to the to the end of the list there, I think it becomes a little bit about, you know, eye of the beholder. And, you know, for me, like, I get the argument behind each of these guys. I get that the argument for, for Devin Booker is that he averages 25 points on a team that's 20 and 10 and has won 12 of its last 14 games. Like, I get that. I get that the argument for Zion Williamson is that he averages 24 and eight and he's an exciting, fun young player, even though he's on a losing team for my money. I take Mike Conley because I think the impact is there and what he delivers to winning is there. Um, you know, my, so, so in a word, like to answer your question directly, I think my answer is Zion. I think this was probably too early for Zion to make the all-star team, especially when his team is, you know, still struggling, relatively speaking. Well, I thought it was curious that uh, our good friend Tony Jones spoke out against Zion, that he shouldn't be there, and then he deleted his tweet. And now he won't say who <laughs> who, who should not be named as an All-Star, who currently is. So I don't know what kind of pressure he was getting. But I'm with you. I think that winning should matter for something. And i got to ask, is that time that Mike Connolly had to be out because of his hamstring, could that have potentially hurt his chances of making the All-Star game? I mean, maybe, because, I, I mean, like, like as with anything, there's a little bit of recency bias, right? So like, I don't think he missed enough games to where that quote unquote disqualified him, but maybe, you know, like the Suns in recent weeks, like I say, they're on a 12 and two spurt. They're playing really good basketball and, and Devin Booker has been scoring really well during that and shooting really well. So maybe, you know, the fact that while that's been happening, Mike has missed some games just was enough to, to, you know, tilt things in Devin Booker's favor. Although again, it wasn't the coach vote that got Devin Booker in. It was, it was Adam Silver's appointment as an injury replacement. So, you know, look, I have no problem with Booker being named an all-star. Like I said, I think all these guys we're talking about are all-stars. If we examine their case in a vacuum, I think for me, the tough part with Booker is that the Suns, and again, they're 20 and 10, they're the fourth seed. I get it. They're good. The Suns played better basketball just slightly, but still, they play better basketball when Devin Booker sits down. And that, to me, is a little problematic in terms of an all-star case. Now, mostly that's because of the defensive side of the ball and how much do people care about that when you're talking about all-star selections. Maybe the answer is not that much, right? Because he scores the ball and that's all people care about. But they are, their, their net rating, their, their efficiency differential, you know, their points per 100 minus their opponent's points per 100, is two points worse when Devin Booker is on the court versus when he's out of the game. And, and, you know, again, whatever, he scores a lot of points. He, he's a huge threat. He's the most schemed for player on the fourth seeded team. So I get that, uh, you know, for me, I would take a guy who makes his team better, you know, especially when that team is the, is the best team in the league right now. Well, let's get to the good news. And there's plenty of it. As you mentioned, uh, Dan, with the jazz being having the best record in the NBA right now, uh, probably the best six man of the year, best coach of the year, best defensive player of the year, so on and so forth. But what has stood out to you about this jazz team that maybe sets or separates them from last year's jazz team? Yeah, I think what's really interesting about this team and, and what bodes well for their future, right, is, is um, the fact that they can win in a bunch of different ways. So obviously they've had nights where they just shoot the lights out. You know, the other night against Charlotte, they set yet another franchise record for three pointers in a game, shattering a record that had stood for exactly 17 days. <laughs> so, you know, they're just, they're shooting the ball really well. They have a lot of scoring options. They can do that. But on a night when that's not working, they can defend their way to a win. 
you know, they're comfortable playing at different paces. They can move the ball, but when a team's denying that, they can, you know, get into some of their counters and, and they have enough guys who can create their own shot that they can play that way when they need to. So I think that's what's really impressive and what, and what elite teams have to do. Like the Jazz have been a very good team for a lot of years, really the entire Quinn Snyder era. They've been a, a good to very good team. I think great teams, when you talk about teams that can find a way to get four wins in a seven game series, they're the teams that, you know, can, can still figure it out when something isn't going their way. That's what playoff basketball is. That's two teams trying to take away what the, what makes the other team good. And so, you know, I like the fact that they can go to plan B, plan C, plan D, and still produce good, solid outcomes. Um, and that's, and, you know, again, not only does that, I think, speak to their contender credentials, but it's, it's what definitely makes them a better team from last season. When the Clippers faced the Jazz in L.A. when they were at full strength, it was a little bit different story for the Jazz and what we've seen. They struggled uh, to get a lot of offensive flow at, at times, uh, and conversely, they had a hard time slowing down the Clippers uh, with their talented roster as well. It, was that a, a, a blueprint? I mean, I've, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, that's the blueprint about how to beat the Jazz, but I don't know how many other teams can do what the Clippers do when they're at full strength. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that just a, a one-night anomaly, maybe just a bad night for the Jazz, facing a really good Clippers and motivated Clippers team? Or is that really uh, a blueprint that Utah needs to be concerned about? Yeah, I mean, let's say some from column A, some from column B. I, I wrote about that game the other day. Um, I wrote about it on Monday in my weekly column to just basically say, like, look, as good as the Clippers are, and you're right, they do have some uh, – they do have some unique talent in terms of just an ability to, to disrupt what Utah's ball handlers want to do. But as good as they are, Utah still won the shot selection battle on both ends of the floor, meaning they still got a lot of threes, and in particular, a decent number of catch-and-shoot threes, um, which is a higher percentage shot for them. They just, instead of making their regular 39% on catch-and-shoot threes, they shot 20% in that game against the Clippers. And that's just random variance, right? Like Joe Ingles is wide open. He shoots a three, it air balls. That's just like something that's going to happen randomly throughout the season. But sure. over time, you can trust that he's going to shoot 40 plus percent on that shot. And then on the other end, the Jazz were really able to dictate to the Clippers. They denied them the rim. They ran them off the three-point line. They forced them into a bunch of mid-range shots, which you know, it's the least efficient shot in basketball, and it's a shot that the Clippers make 42% of the time. That night, the Clippers made 65% of their long twos. So some of it just comes down to, you know, random make-or-miss nature of the NBA. And I don't say that to, like, discredit the win. The Clippers had a great game. They they made more plays. They did more things, and they, they won that basketball game legitimately. I'm just saying that if if things have to go that wrong for Utah and that right for an opponent for it to be a four point loss on the road against an elite team, I think, again, that just speaks to the fact that, that if you close the door on the Utah jazz, they'll sneak in through the window. Like they just find ways to keep games competitive for the most part. And then looking at the uh, second half of the Utah jazz schedule. Now, as it comes out uh, earlier today, Utah jazz have was given, I guess, the easiest schedule, one of the easiest schedules in the league uh, to end this season, but they travel probably more than anybody else does. Does it even out that the traveling, but yet the easy schedule, or do you not think it affects the Jazz at all? 
No, I think there's an, I think it definitely affects them. Um, I think what's good about their second half travel is that, um, a lot of it is consolidated, right? They have like one big Eastern trip to sort of finish off their, their remaining road dates with Eastern conference teams. And then a lot of the, a lot of the travel outside of that one trip is like, you know, let's zoom down to Phoenix and face the suns. Let's zoom out to LA and face the Lakers twice or, or whatever. Um, so, you know, kind of short flights and, and closer opponents. So I actually, looking at the schedule, I didn't think it was that grueling in terms of travel. There are a lot of road dates, but but I think the travel is manageable. The, the amount of just like how many times you have to literally get on a plane and sit on a plane for five hours is going to be pretty manageable. And then the other thing that, that Ken Clayton, who also writes for Salt City Hoops, um, he, he noted today uh, in an article on the site, is that the Jazz have a whopping 14 games remaining against teams that are significantly below 500. So we're not even talking about like, you know, the the Celtics who are 15 and 16. We're talking about like the Thunder, the Rockets, the Kings. The Jazz have 14 games left among that level of opponent. They've done most of their heavy, not all of it. They have a couple games left against the Lakers, like I said, but they've done most of their heavy lifting against the league's elite. So they really get to chow down now in the second half on, on a lot of, let's call them middling teams to bad teams. And, and like I say, 14 left against the, the quote unquote bad teams is, is certainly going to give them a chance to, to, you know, maybe pad their lead and, and hang on to number one if that's what's in the cards. Dan Clayton with Salt City Hoops uh, talking about the Utah Jazz. Uh, the second half of the schedule released. Also, all-star announcements made. Uh, Donovan Mitchell announcing that he's going to be participating in the three-point shootout. Uh, certainly, uh, if if I were to choose one jazz man from the, uh, uh, to go participate in the three-point shootout, it probably wouldn't be Donovan Mitchell. Eric's taking George Yank, by the way, if he, if he could. Well, who would be the best to participate, do you think? Considering the circumstances and the style of play that you need to be competitive in that type of contest. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Part of it is that they're trying to limit the number of guys who go to Atlanta for that event. So a lot of the field for those, those side events is coming from who's already there for the All-Star game. So that's part of it. I think, you know, like, look, Donovan, I think he, he's, a, he's quick. So part of the three-point contest is you got to be able to get you're shot up quickly and get from rack to rack quickly. And that may be the advantage he would have over say a Joe Ingles who has a better raw shooting percentage. I'd like to see bogey. Like I think bogey's stroke is pure enough that if he gets, you know, there's, there's stroke shooters and then there's streak shooters like CJ miles, the old jazz forward. He was a streak shooter. Like he would make 10 in a row and then he would miss nine in a row. Right. Um, stroke shooters. I, I think, you know, once they, once they figure it out, once they kind of get locked in, they can be really consistent. So I think he could be good in a three-point contest. And then I'm probably, I mean, Jordan Clarkson would be fun, but I don't think he's their best pure shooter. I think their best pure shooter is probably probably Bogey or Jingles. Hey, speaking of George Yang, I have been bagging on the guy since, well, he ever got drafted. Um, <laughs> and I have just never been a fan of him. Can you straighten me up here and help me out with why George <laughs> Yang has been a valuable member of this Utah Jazz squad? You know, here's the thing I think with Niang, because I, you know, I've had, I've had my doubts. I also think that like right now he's in his proper role. He's the ninth man on this team. Like, I think part of the problem with, with prior years, George Niang 
is that he's been asked to be, you know, the seventh man some years or, or then like Mike Conley misses some games and now he's the sixth man for a few games. And I, you know, I think that's a little uncomfortable. And if the jazz get a, a couple of key injuries in the second half of the season, then they may have to deal with that again. But, but George Nying is a, is a good limited minutes kind of player. He could, if he is your ninth man and you just need him for 13 to 15 minutes a night, he's he, look, he's going to come in and he's going to knock down some shots he, he generally makes the right read with the ball in his hands. And some of that is just longevity and the fact that he's been in Quinn Snyder's system. So he knows how to anticipate what the defense is going to, you know, where the defense is going to try to pinch or shut down a, a particular action. And he's ready for that. And he, he almost always makes the right basketball play in that sense. And the other thing that I think isn't being talked about enough this year is I think he's really improved in a team defensive concept. And I say team because he's still not a guy that you'd be like, oh, hey, there's LeBron. Go shut down LeBron. He's not a great individual defender, but he is, you know, almost always in the right place. He stunts correctly when he's supposed to stunt another, you know, stunt someone else's drive to help out on a driver. He rotates well off the ball. Um, when he's supposed to stay in front, he does a pretty good job staying in front. There are times when the Jazz know that the guard has an advantage, and so they just ask the George Niangs of the world to, to try to channel them. Cause they know that like, you know, George Niang isn't going to stay in front of Trey young on a switch, for example. So, so then his job is like, just get him into Rudy, like funnel him to Rudy. And, and Niang just is doing, I think better than he ever has in the NBA at doing that kind of stuff. Just making sure that like, look, you can get beat as an NBA defender. You can get beat, right? This is the age of like hand checking isn't allowed. So, you know, if you, unless you have elite lateral quickness, Guys are going to get around you sometimes. That's okay. You can get beat as long as you're playing well within the team's idea of what they want to do. And I think George has really allowed them to do that, which is one of the reasons why he has one of the best net ratings on the team. He he just he knows what to do. He's a professional at this point. Uh, you had mentioned uh, Rudy Gobert. This is a guy who defensively has been elite for some time. But yeah. how he has improved his offensive game and how much of an impact he is offensively for the Jazz. Uh, That's been one of the things that's really impressed me about his development uh, this year and his impact with this team. Uh, I mean, what, I mean, I don't know what, I mean, where's the ceiling for this guy? What more can he do? Certainly he doesn't have like an outside game, but how much of an impact has he made for the Utah Jazz in an offensive sense? I know everybody's talking about the three-point shooting this yeah. year, but Rudy offensively, has really improved his game. And I think that makes a big impact too. Yeah, you're exactly right, Eric. And, you know, part of it is like, there were plays the other night against, um, against Charlotte. And again, historic night from three, right? So you're thinking, Oh, well, that means that George Yang was hot and Joe Ingles was hot. And, and they were like, all those guys were hot. But if you go back and look at the plays, you'll find a lot of plays where Rudy Gobert never touches the ball. And yet he's the reason why two or three different guys were open on the same play. And the jazz were just choosing between open three point shots because teams are so terrified of his role that they, you know, what Charlotte was doing. And I, I'm not sure that it was necessarily a smart defensive decision given the jazz's personnel, but they were, they were bringing in a weak side helper on Rudy every single time, even before the pass went, like, even if the pass never went to Rudy, they were so terrified of him getting on top of the rim that that defender was coming in every time. Well, then there's a really easy pass for the ball handler to make. That's a really easy read. If you know that every time the help is coming and it's coming from there, then you just throw the ball to that guy in that corner 
and he either shoots or someone closes out on him and then he, you know, he passes the ball and the Jazz get into what they call the blender where it's pass, pass, pass and someone's open. And, and that's what Rudy does. He's such a threat. You know, he's, he's led the league in, uh, in field goal percentage for the last four seasons combined. He, he's, you know, it's easy to say like, oh, the guy just dunks. Well, yeah, everybody would just dunk if they could. Like if, if any, if everybody in the NBA was good enough to just dunk all the time, they would, cause that's the most efficient shot. So because teams know that Rudy is, is good at that particular shot, good at that particular skill, not just dunking the basketball, but like getting open on rolls and finishing on rolls and finishing through contact. And he's even gotten better with some one and two dribble moves so that you can, you can now throw him the ball and pick and roll a little higher. Like you can throw him the ball at the free throw line and he'll still find a way to score in traffic. And, and that's a new development in his game in the last year or two, because of all of that, that I just said, you know, teams are scared of him. Teams are teams panic and they send extra guys. And that's what has led to a lot of Utah's prolific three point shooting this season. Give me your thoughts on Quinn Snyder this year. Yeah, I think what you said before, Ajay, is right. I think he's uh, he's right there in the coach of the year race. Um, that's a that's an award that tends to be a little bit more subjective than some of the others, right? Like sixth man usually goes to whoever is the leading bench scorer in the NBA. MVP usually goes to the best superstar from a really you know from a top three team. Um, coach of the year. Some years it goes to like whose team overperformed some years it goes to like Greg Popovich in the, in the Spurs heyday when, you know, your, your team was expected to smash everybody and you came out and smashed everybody. So here's an award, Greg Popovich. Sometimes it's kind of did more with less, but no matter which way you slice it, I think Quinn Snyder has a solid case, right? Like people expected them to be good, but not this good. Um, they're probably going to finish the season in the top, you know, whatever the top three or four in the league, they, there might be some slippage. We'll, we'll have to see as other teams get healthy. And, and certainly the first half of the season has been weird for some teams with, with COVID related absences and whatever, but you know, they're, they're going to finish, they're going to finish really high in the standings They're They will have surprised everybody. They'll go into the postseason as, as a, as a real contender. And so I think, you know, he, the narrative, the team record, all that stuff favors Quinn. I think he has a real shot, and, and I think he's just ensconcing himself further as kind of a no-brainer pick for, as a as a top, you know, five or six coach in the NBA. I don't know that there's that many guys. If you were just gonna, if you put all thirty head coaches in a in a in a coach draft because you were starting a new league and and you wanted to decide where thirty coaches were going to work, I think Quinn Snyder would go pretty dang high in that draft. <laughs> I did want to ask you, sorry, Shaq Harrison was released today. Are you surprised by it, or did you see it coming? Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised by it in the sense that, like, they they weren't using Shaq, which is kind of too bad. I liked Shaq. I liked that signing. I I think he was um, he's interesting in that there's only a finite number of players who um, who can defend the ball well and who can make open three-point shots, but he just... He never really put it together for the Jazz. Part of that is because he only played in garbage time. So, you know, whatever. He was like the 14th man, and Quinn Snyder doesn't really get beyond 10 or 11 in his rotation. So that part doesn't surprise me. The only reason it surprises me a little bit that they just waived him instead of maybe seeing if uh, if there was another team that could use him is um, there's a there's a maneuver that Jazz could have done where they could have maybe stayed out of the luxury tax this season if they had traded Shaquille Harrison and one other small contract. 
Um, but it, it doesn't look like that's their plan now since they waived him. I, I won't get into the math because nobody wants to listen to math on the radio. But um, <laughs> but bottom line is, you know, they, they could have maybe stayed out of the tax now. I, I don't think that that's their plan. Um, and in a weird way, I kind of think Ryan Smith, the new jazz owner, wants – I think he wants – to announce himself to the NBA. I think he wants people to know like, Hey, this is a little different era and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to worry too much about the money if, if the team's in a good place. So, um, so yeah, maybe them letting him go was just an acknowledgement that like, no, we're not going to, we're not going to trade a, a Juwan Morgan or a, or an Elijah Hughes to another team just to save money when, you know, when they're ostensibly on their way to a, to a top, two or top three seed in the West. Like, uh, you know, so, um, so that's the only element that kind of caught me a little off guard there, but obviously Shaq wasn't, he just wasn't playing. And doesn't it also signal their, their faith and, uh, in support of Mie Oni and what he's been able to do and how he's grown? Sure. Yeah. I mean, a little different role, right? I think part of the reason they signed Shaq was because, um, you know, frankly, they, they weren't, I don't know that they were, totally pleased with what they saw from Nigel Williams Goss in training camp. So they thought, okay, well, if we're going to, if we're going to carry sort of a third emergency point guard, let's have it be someone who's been in the NBA a little bit and, and, um, you know, can do some of those things defensively. And that's why they brought in Shaq. And I don't know that Mie fills that role, but again, I think, I think Mie Oni and Jawan Morgan too. I mean, Jawan Morgan is a, is a little different player. He, he, um, you know, when he plays at the big man spot, Utah plays a little differently on defense. And, and that's something that Quinn Snyder has been reluctant to do in past years. But I think, he, you know, the Jazz have played well enough the few times that they've had to look to those two guys, Oni and Morgan, for rotation minutes. But, that they, that I think that's part of what forces their hand and makes them go like, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna just give a player away to avoid the tax when like we have, you know, 11 or 12 players that they really believe in, in the short term. Plus they've got, you know, obviously a couple of projects in terms of their, their recent draft picks. So I, I think that might be what it says is, is just that, um, you know, Hey, me, he looks, honestly, he looks like a guy who could get rotation minutes right now and be successful just because, um, you know, he plays high quality defense and he can make open threes. That's all he has to do on offense. If he can just hit an open kick-out three and keep defending the way he has, then the guy's going to play in the NBA for 10 years or more. I mean, that's, that's an extremely valuable skill set at his size. Dan, you've been more than generous with your time. I do got one final question for you, though. Uh, Mike Conley, after the year, uh, you know you talked about the luxury tax. Does Mike Conley need to take a bite into his contract, into his pay, <laughs> if he wants to stick around with the Jazz? Or I mean, how do you handle this situation? Yeah, I mean, I'll try to make this the short answer, too, because, again, like no one wants to hear contracts. Hey, I do. I'm all about math and numbers when it comes to NBA <laughs> stuff, so let her rip. So, so look, um, Mike's coming off a year where he's going to make $34 million. I think he knows he's not getting that in this next phase of his career. He's heading into his mid-30s, and, and so I think he knows that his, that his next contract is going to look a little different. The Jazz can still comfortably pay him more than anybody else just because they have his bird rights, so, so they can keep him. Um, they will pay a corresponding luxury tax if they keep him. So, you know, at a certain point, every dollar they pay Mike is going to cost them two or three times that in salary plus taxes. Um, and so that's something to keep an eye on. I, I think that, I think that, look, he's just been too important for them to not try to keep him. 
And I think what's encouraging is that nobody else that can really offer him that kind of money is in a position to remotely be considered contenders. So it's mostly teams like Charlotte who, you know, Charlotte and Chicago can create cap space. Um, but I'm not sure he wants to go to Charlotte or Chicago at this juncture of his career. If he cho- if he chooses to go to like Milwaukee or one of the LA teams, then he's going to take a big take up because they're only going to be able to pay him exception money. And then, so I think the only thing the jazz fans really have to worry about is there might be teams. And the two examples that come to mind are like Miami and Dallas. So those are two teams who they purposely saved their money so that they can make a free agency run at Giannis Antetokounmpo this summer. And then Giannis extended instead. So now they have all this money sitting there that they planned to use to make a run at an all NBA player. And you know, they got, it's got to go somewhere. So, uh, and now Dallas and Miami are not great teams right now. They're, they're both kind of trudging around 500, but um, they're better situations than the Charlottes or Chicago's of the world. So I do think that that's a kind of situation where, you know, that's what I think could potentially be scary for the jazz and their fans is if Mike Conley gets a phone call from one of those teams that has a boatload of money and is good enough that, that if they add Mike Conley, they could be interesting, but, but certainly I don't know that they'd be, you know, jazz level good. The jazz are 25 and six right now. So, you know, it'd, it'd be hard to, to beat that basketball situation. Um, but again, they can, those are the teams who can sort of back up a Brinks truck and then promise Mike at least a, a playoff run. Right. That's good. That's stuff. Yeah. Very interesting. That's good stuff. Well, uh, Dan, we really appreciate your time. Always appreciate reading with the stuff that you put together uh, in multiple different places. And remind folks uh, where they can find some of the stuff that you put together. Yeah, so I write at saltcityhoops.com and manage that website. A lot of great work going up lately. Um, And then I tweet at Dan Clayton, but with a zero for the O, so Dan Clayton, zero N, on Twitter. And, um, yeah, that's about it. But, Dan, thanks so much. Always great insight about the Utah Jazz. Thanks for your time tonight, and enjoy the game. Hey, great stuff, Dan. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, uh, Dan Clayton yeah, and uh, Utah Jazz uh, making an announcement for their second half of the schedule today. Uh, and there is news today that uh, Donovan Mitchell will participate in the three-point shootout, but Mike Connolly will not be participating in the All-Star Weekend. As Adam Silver announced, Devin Booker as the replacement player. Hey, <laughs> Charlotte Hornets PR. Gordon Hayward has been upgraded and is available to lay tonight versus Phoenix. Oh, daddy's always happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, spell check. (laughs) Nile three. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the full court press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franz and Anche Salveson, thanks for tuning in to the Full Court Press. 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. That was some great stuff from Dan. Always is. Always is. He's good. Make sure I uh, keep the right phone number so I don't call some nice older lady. That was awesome. As Dan's soon, not here. As soon as you're like, hey, he doesn't Dan, live here. When you're like, hey, is Dan there? I was like, oh my gosh, he's got the wrong number. As soon as you asked that, I was like, uh, that's not going to end well. Knew was in trouble. Here we are. 
9315 text in, by the way. Can we have a What Went Right Wednesday sometime so AJ can have something to say about Eric? Okay, you know what? You are blocked from texting in now. I'm going to officially block you. Watch this. You do not have the power. Block. Three, three, four, two, six. Looking at the Jazz remaining schedule with no injuries over or under 15 total losses for the rest of the year. Oh, what is he saying? I say under. I'm going to say under. 15 total losses. That means... With no injuries. The Jazz currently have six. Okay, with no injuries over or under, 15 total losses for the rest. Actually, well, how many games have we got left, Eric? I was just going to look at that. Because 15 is... I mean, that's, if, you only, if you lose under 15, you're doing pretty doggone good. So 15's a... Oof. It's a spit shine number. With no injuries over or under on the Jazz remaining schedule. So let's see. The Jazz have played 31 games. They've got a few more left before the All-Star break, and they got 36 after the break. So 15 losses under or over. So let's see. Yeah, they have uh, one, two, three, four, five more games before the break, and then thirty-six when they come back. So they can only lose to the Lakers so once. Forty-one games left to be played. <clears throat> you think they'd only lose eleven times? Yeah, they they could. Man, the Nets are going to be tough. Boston and Bo- that that road trip is tough, though. From Golden State to Boston, that, that's a tough trip. I'm going to say under, though. I don't know if it's by much, but I'm going to say under. I think they lose around 13, 14 games. I just, I'm looking at, they have to go to Boston, Golden State twice, Lakers twice, Oof, geez. Phoenix twice. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that's a really good question. I, I'm inclined to take the over, but I don't like it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they did go over on that. It's a tough schedule. I mean, it's 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 tough in the traveling sense, as we've mentioned. Right. But most of that is in in March. After that, there is some travel, but it's it's mostly just within the Western United States. Yeah. Other than that, they should be fine. Hey, Eric, some great Region Eleven basketball last night. Mountain Crest. Uh, they fall short to Cedar Valley, but they competed really well. I thought they competed uh, against a decent Cedar Valley team. Uh, they end up falling short. I think they lost by 13. Is that right? Or something like that? Uh, 49 to 34. Yeah. They, I mean, but they, they, they competed their, 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 their butts off, and I, I, I commend them for that. Uh, AJ Knight's got a write-up about that game on Cash Valley Daily. Sweet. So I can read that. And then Bear River. Holy smoke roos Dominating performance. Wow. And I know Ben Loman's a bad basketball team. I get it. But to still go out there and dominate the game in every facet which they did is, is pretty impressive. That's a good win for Bear River. Uh, a couple of girls games going on tonight. Bear River girls host Crimson Cliffs. Uh, Mountain Crest girls host Ogden. So those games are happening tonight. We know 
now who Skyview will face. They'll play Stansbury. Uh, in fact, let me uh, get an updated bracket here. Because it has the other games now with, with what happened last night. The uh, UHSAA bracket has been updated. So Skyview will host Stansbury. And remember, that game is going to be a little bit later. We're going to have a double header here on the fan. Skyview girls will play at uh, um, at 5 against Cedar Valley. And then Skyview boys will play at 7.30 against Stansbury. We know that Logan is going to be playing uh, Snow Canyon. That's already been determined. Bear River is going to go down to, to uh, Southern Utah to face number 2 Dixie on Friday night. Um, and uh, so it's going to be a, a tough challenge for some of these teams. Ridgeline is hosting Uinta, and Green Canyon will be at Cedar. Um, but then uh, the girls, their games, uh, first round tonight, and then their second round games, they get underway on Friday as well. Hey, really quickly, 5760 texted in. says the Jazz have the most miles to travel for the rest of the season in the NBA, and that's why I think it's going to be tough to win a lot of these games. It's just, and Dan even said it too, the travel does take a toll on you. And when you're traveling like the Jazz are, they might be playing under 500 teams, but your legs become jello after that much kind of traveling. Right, because you look at that East Coast trip, uh, I start to worry about the, the back end of that. Yeah. Um, give, me, give me that back end, will you? So it starts out at Golden State, then you go to Boston, Washington, Toronto, Chicago before returning home to take on the Nets. Okay. So Toronto and Chicago, those are those are going to be tough tough games. Absolutely. And I still like, in all things being equal, I like the Jazz in the in those games. If there wasn't a lot of travel involved, but considering after the layoff and then hitting the road a lot, um, those could be tough games. And then that first game back is kind of a trap game. Always too. is, always is. Yeah, not easy. All right, calling a timeout here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, what went wrong Wednesday? Continuing. Had some texts coming in about it. No, we're... we're AJ and we're I are text. going to do something that I think we will regret on a what went wrong Wednesday. I can't Wednesday. wait. I can't wait for this. It's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. In the sports you care about, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Don't expect me to feel sorry for Eric you. Friends and Ajay Salves no. here on the Full Court Press. So, uh, Valentine's Day was not that long ago. Um, it was 10 days ago. Yeah, and uh, my lovely wife ordered something for me. It was this really cool gift. It was a couple different things that came together. And one of them was a variety of different types of beef jerkies. And I've been going through them, savoring them. And I brought something to work because I thought, I'm just curious to see how other people would, would take these types of beef jerkies. Uh, so I have two that I wanted to have Vajay try. Wait, you're trying them too. Uh, no, you're one, trying this too. One, I ain't doing this solo. One is called a ghost pepper beef strip, and the other is habanero beef strip. 
So I, uh, I'm i going to randomly shuffle these in my hand, not looking at them. I will toss one to Aj. Wait, wait, you're going to roll? Wait, hold on. No. <laughs> no, with an They agreement. both look bad. No, 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 they don't. Stop it. Ghost okay, Peppers, it not that not, bad. I've not looked at it. There it goes. Uh, oh, let's see. I got Ghost Pepper. How did I get habanero? You habanero? You're so full of this. This is bull crap. Oh, and Ghost the, Pepper. No, that's Ghost bad Pepper. Stuff, man. No, it's not. You're giving me hard. How do you even open this stuff? Yeah, this maybe is, this is uh, what went wrong is that we didn't have the proper. You didn't even bring a knife, Eric? We needed. Uh, oh, my gosh. How am I supposed to open this? Better hardware to get into this stuff. Oh, man. Now we got to open this, and we don't even know how to open it because Eric didn't even bring the right hardware. It's uh, wrapped up too nicely. Too. Too oh securely. my gosh! And now you gotta go search for a knife that we can't even be allowed to have in the studio. This thing's not even. Oh wait, I think I found an opening. Wait, hold on, hold on. I wish this was live on TV. <laughs> Man, I can't even open this. Mine's not budging either. Eric, wow. you this what is... went wrong? Eric did not prepare correctly. This is awesome. You hear this nine three one five? Eric gave us these wonderful beef jerky things, and he can't even. <laughs> <laughs> oh man wait is there a knife in the kitchen it's too late for that no it's not it's not too late for it eric i believe in us all right we're gonna take a two minute break and see if we can get these open two seven eight seven was it papa jay's there's a notch in it grab it and tear uh no <laughs> unfortunately Oh, that's good. That's so good, 2787. Uh, we, we do need to take a quick we time out. Hopefully, by the time we come back, we've I'm discovered go a way. I'm going to fetch a knife. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back. Eric France and Andre Salveson here. Full Court Press. What went wrong Wednesday? Uh, 9315, you should have went with the old reliable Slim Jim. That's probably true. <laughs> We're going to be regretting this after. But we did, uh, we found a device. We have been able to open the packages. So okay. once again, what's what's your flavor there, AJ? You cheated and gave me habanero. I did not cheat. Yeah, you did. You knew you didn't I want the habanero. I think I'd probably rather do like, the ghost. Oh, I actually mixed I it up. I think I'd rather that than threw the ghost me the habanero. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't even touch. Oh, no, you wouldn't. I ended up with the ghost pepper. You don't. Oh, wow. And we've come prepared. We have bottles of water here to help us out. All right, Ajay. Okay, one. Dude, this is going to be such great radio. Two, three. Oh, not that bad. How are you doing over there? You doing all right? Eat yours. Just sweating yet? <laughs> Shut up and eat it. Shut up and eat it. Eat it right now. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Oh. Three, four, two, six is right. It's got a good flavor to it. I need a Sprite. Huh? Sprite? That's not that bad. It's not that. I thought it would have more heat. Eric, yeah, me too. No heat. Oh, whoa. I'm going to call this a Devin Booker. Oh. No, I'm starting to swallow it. Oh, my gosh. That was nothing. That is uh This is the Devin Booker. Fake going all the way makes down. Makes it look like it's something really good. Have some I think I'm going to feel that all the way through my whole entire digestive tract. <laughs> Eric's going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's going to burn me twice. Oh, you're fine. Ooh. It's got the seeds on it. Are you faking it? No. No, you're not. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Dude, your eyes are watering. <laughs> hmm. Is it that bad? Really? Mine was easy. Oh. 
and I, I still have more. That was habanero. Eat. That was weak. No, I have ghost pepper. No, me. I might as well call that the Devin Booker. Ah, <laughs> uh, mine was not that bad. Wow. Oh my gosh! Like that was weak sauce. Uh, that was easy. It's good flavor. Just it definitely has the heat. Best in Northern Utah. We need to have like a food tasting here. You know. Uh, we'll see you. See you, everybody. everybody.